What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Let's start episode 98 with an email. Okay. Uh, I did forward you this, so this comes as no surprise. Our friend Derek, I'm curious how many of the maniacs say Ooga Luga along with you at the end of each episode, question mark. I know I do. Oh, why, why is my old friend Snowshoe Slednik? Ooga Luga, Clutch Cargo. Ooga Luga to you, Snowshoe. Come on in. Spinner, I want you to meet Snowshoe Slednik and his dog, Snowball. You've heard me speak of them. Yeah, I've always wanted to meet you, Mr. Snowshoe. Do you really have days and nights that are six months long, Mr. Snowshoe? Oogaloogal. What does oogaloogal mean, Mr. Snowshoe? Later, Spinner. Well, first of all, (laughs) Derek is a very loyal maniac. I think he's been with us maybe since episode one. Possibly. And uh, we appreciate that. I would hope that Everybody has learned how to ooga by the end of this. Uh, our other listener, Jonathan, asked on Twitter. Our other listener, because we have two. We have two. He asked, uh, let's say you fall off the train for a couple of episodes. Do you go back to where you fell off, or do you just jump in uh, where it's at at that point? What would you answer? Well, I think it kind of depends how much time you have. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're just looking to kill a day, and you want to binge, sure, go back to where you dropped off and, and pick up. But and, and you made the reference that there could be some inside jokes that you don't pick up on. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like Ooga Luga. If you missed that fabulous Clutch Cargo episode back at whatever number it was, um, you know, maybe you don't understand the inferences of Ooga Luga. However, um, if you don't have a lot of time, just jump back in. We're not that hard to figure out. Yeah, it's kind of like daily headlines, right? Yeah. Whatever's and, happened right then. You know, and I might be blasting the Cubs one day and praising them the next. It's, <laughs> so it it just depends on how much time you have. 
episode 98. This I want to call the Tom Harmon episode. And you might say, well, who in the heck is Tom Harmon? Well, he's he's a fellow that grew up in Indiana, born in Rensselaer. He went to what doesn't exist anymore, Gary Horace Mann High School, and went on to become a big star at the University of Michigan wearing the old number 98. He won the Heisman Trophy in 1940. Then he, like many men of that greatest generation, went on to serve in World War II. He was a pilot in the Air Force. He was shot down in a dogfight with the Japanese in China, Uh, returned to the U.S., played a couple of years with the Los Angeles Rams, and then became a sports broadcaster on CBS, and then the voice of the UCLA Bruins, where he had a son that went to play for UCLA by the name of Mark Harmon. You may know him from... The CSI series. Or the fabulous film Summer School. So either way, (laughs) Tom Harmon, old 98 for the Michigan Wolverines. That's who we dedicate this episode to. A lot of people don't know this, but I'd like to give a shout out to my great, great uncle, Gary Horace Mann. Like you said, he's no longer around. Yes, exactly. You never hear the last name Mann, so I like to take advantage of that. The Horace Mann, and what was the nickname of Gary Mann? I don't remember. The Horseman. The Horseman? Because it was Horace Mann. (laughs) Well, where do you want to start at, my man? Well, let's start with this big football recruiting commitment that Notre Dame got. And I I know we've kind of taken the vow, well, if there's nothing to talk about, we're not talking about Notre Dame football. Well, there's something to talk about here. Because this young man, Chris Tyree, is regarded as the best running back in the recruiting class of 2020. And at some point, we got to get my buddy Steve Wiltfon on the show to talk about how these kind of ratings come out, how they determine who's the best running back in the entire nation. I would also like to just know what a weekend looks like for a recruit when they come to South Bend. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll get Steve on next week, and we can do that. Okay. Um. Anyway, Chris Tyree. You know, we're mixing metaphors here. I'm going to use a baseball term talking about a football player. He's a home run hitter. He's the kind of player that any time he touches the football can take it to the house. And Notre Dame has not had a lot of running backs like that in its history, quite frankly. You know, they've kind of always had these <clears throat> sure-footed, sure-handed running backs who might have a little bit of juice to them, like Dexter Williams. But nobody that, man, any time this guy touches the ball... Much like Reggie Bush used to be when he was at USC. Anytime he touches the ball, I've got to see this. Tyree has that reputation coming in. Whether he'll live up to it or not is anybody's guess. But it is certainly a big get for the Irish when you consider they took him away from both Alabama and Ohio State. So if those kind of schools are in on him and in on him big and Notre Dame gets him, but he came, he thought he was a great fit for Chip Long's offense. So we'll see. It, it seems as though this new running backs coach, and I, I was a big fan of Autry Denson. I thought he did a good job with what he had. But mm-hmm. the knock on Autry Denson was he wasn't as good a recruiter as what you needed. Well, Lance Taylor has come in, and they brought Lance Taylor in from Stanford where he had Bryce Love, who was a terrific back, where he had... Christian McCaffrey, who's now a a big star with the Carolina Panthers. 
And he comes over to Notre Dame, and he manages to lure in Chris Tyree. We'll see how it goes. In the world of leadership, uh, you'll hear the phrase, you know, what's your five- or ten-year plan? I can't think that far ahead. I don't even know what I'm having for lunch today. Right. But hearing you talk about Notre Dame working on their 2024 schedule, my goodness. Yeah. They get uh, Northern Illinois for a non-conference state here at the stadium. Uh, Northern Illinois actually made the announcement yesterday. They were very excited. They have Kentucky in 2022 and Notre Dame in 2024. And so for a Mac school, that's a big deal to come over here to South Bend and play for Notre Dame. Uh, probably not as much of a big deal, but I think Notre Dame is finding that its ACC portion of the schedule is challenging enough, and then you're always going to have USC. You're always going to have uh, one of the Big Ten schools, either Michigan or Purdue or Michigan State. So it, it kind of makes sense to um, maybe slide somebody in that you think is slightly on the lesser side, although Northern Illinois has had some very good football seasons. One more little morsel of the pigskin. Let's talk about what's on our local TV station tonight. Yeah, we're excited. Another season of 46 Sports Classics begins tonight. We are mixing it up a little bit this year. We're taking about seven of the games that we had last season and mixing them in with some old classics or older classics that we've already done. So tonight we're putting one of the fresh ones out. Pan and Mishawaka played an incredible football game. Maybe maybe the most exciting high school football game I've ever seen last fall. Unfortunately, my voice was uh, was not in top form that night. I was fighting off some laryngitis, but we made it through. Terrific football game between the Kingsmen and Cavemen. You can see it tonight on 46 Sports Classics at 11 or tomorrow morning at 9. All right, let's head to the NBA Finals. Here we go. Well, Corey, one of the adages of a playoff series, whether it's basketball or hockey, is that the series really doesn't start until the road team wins a game. And for the first four games of the series between the Bucks and the Raptors, the home team had prevailed. That is until last night when Kawhi Leonard went off in the second half for Toronto He scores 35, and the Raptors win in Milwaukee and put the Bucs up against the ropes now because Game 6 goes back to the Air Canada Center in Toronto, and Toronto has a three-games-to-two lead in this series. And, of course, the winner of this series becomes the sacrificial lamb for the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. So we'll see if the Bucs have it in them to win one on the road. I got to say, you know, we, we try to be 100% truthful and honest on this show. And I love me some Pat Connaughton. I think Pat Connaughton's a great guy. Boy, Pat Connaughton's plus-minus in this series has been awful. Now, plus-minus, Corey, is they keep track of what the score is while players are on the court. Okay. So, did your presence on the court, did your team, you know, do better in the game while you were on the court? or do worse. Well, Pat Connaughton in the past two games has had a plus minus combined of minus 34. Mm. And so that's telling me number 1 he's not scoring enough and not helping the Bucks score enough. Number 2 he's not guarding whoever he's supposed to be guarding. Speaking of NBA and because you and I both talk for a living, talk in social lives and talk in private as well. Did we talk out loud about Michael Jordan in baseball this week? We did. 
Was it on this? It was on the show, right? Yes. Now, I don't know if you edited that out. But <laughs> no, I think I left it in there because I was fascinated by your conspiracy theory mm-hmm. about how his gambling problems had the NBA go, you need to go take a timeout instead of like a two-year suspension. It's like, why don't you go chase this baseball dream of yours? Well, the day we talked about that, that night on ESPN was the 30 for 30 of Michael Jordan doing baseball. And I had comp- I just kind of put it out of my head, but watching that was right when Debbie and I got married in 1994. So I kind of remember some odds and ends. And they did an interesting piece on it um, and how much of an evolution between spring training and actual playing, like, he became better. Oh, yeah. And the Sports Illustrated writer came down to see him and wanted to change his opinion. And Sports Illustrated said, no, he's not a baseball player. You're not, we're not running the piece. And then with the strike that happened, right. he never got that chance to go play, even though they're like, hey, would you be a replacement player? No, I don't want to do that. Yeah, because, that would not be a good idea. Yeah, I'm in another league where I'm representing as well, but it was... Uh, yeah, he played for the, the Barons, was it? The Birmingham Barons. You know who his manager was? No. Terry Francona, who's now who the former South Bend White Sox skipper. He had moved up in the minor leagues. And then, of course, Terry had great success with the Boston Red Sox, and now he's with the Cleveland Indians. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then he went out to Scottsdale for a while. There was a team out there he played for. Well, that they had extended spring training. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. And then... Uh, Back back into the basketball arena. By 96? Yeah. And then three more rings. Yes. My goodness. It, it just... And in between there, they were showing previews of this new documentary coming out next year. I cannot wait to watch that. Oh, sure. Like a 10-parter, I think. <laughs> he, he's a fascinating figure. Yes. Uh, first of all, for the amount of basketball success that he had. Uh, number two, just some of the ancillary things that happened around him, the the killing of his father, mm-hmm. Space Jam, and, and the whole melding of uh, basketball and celebrity that, that was starting with Bird and Magic and now transferring over to Michael. Are you talking about like, Nike and McDonald's and yes. all the brands and right okay because you didn't see that from NBA players no previous really previous to the late eighties with Bird and Magic that's when it started mm-hmm. and then Michael came in and really took it to new heights in the nineties hosting Saturday Night Live exactly you know yeah I think he had a cartoon yeah. Yeah, it was like the in, the the All Stars, him, Gretzky, and who would have been the fo- Bo Jackson, maybe? Right. Yeah. 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 Fascinating. You're right. Uh, let's talk baseball. Well, the Cubs did not play well yesterday, and they lost nine seven. Wound up splitting with the Phillies, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Philadelphia is a good team. They're probably the best team in the National League East, and I think on this show we told you that back when the season started. John Lester, very disappointing yesterday, uh, only through four innings, gave up seven runs, and the Cubs wind up, lo- they battled back, they had the tying run on second in the ninth, but neither Addison Russell nor Victor Caratini could bring him home, and the Cubs wind up losing 9-7. The Reds go into Wrigley for a weekend series, 
Hopefully the Cubs will play better against them than they did in Cincinnati. You would hope you could beat up a little bit on the last place team in the National League Central. White Sox, they've got an emerging star on the mound in this kid, Lucas Giolito. He got his first big league shutout last night, 4 nothing, And it hasn't hurt the Sox that Aloy Jimenez has come back to the White Sox after sitting out with an injury for a while. He's had three homers in two games. And the White Sox kind of get a surprising split with the Houston Astros, who are the best team in the American League. And here the Sox manage to go on the road and take two out of four against the Astros. So Giolito and Jimenez, the big stars of that. The Tigers are just awful right now. They're, they're a terrible, terrible watch, and they're a terrible team. They've lost nine straight. They lost three in a row to the Miami Marlins. Marlins have won six straight, and they're no stinking good. But they were playing the Tigers, who are even worse. So Ron Gardenhire's got his hands full there. Could you define carburation day for those of us non-fans? Okay, this this goes back to the days when race cars and engines um, actually had carburetors. Okay. And they would be on display. It used to be the Thursday before the race. All the teams got to go out on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and run their cars one more time, see what needed to be tinkered with a little bit before the big race on Sunday. Uh, now they tie this in. They try to make a whole weekend spectacle out of it, so they do it on Friday, and then they have more events on Saturday. The big race is scheduled for Sunday in Indianapolis. The weather forecast, as we all know, living around here, extremely iffy. Now, last year, I think it was with the race, uh, they had extreme heat, and the heat really takes its toll on the tires, and because you can't get enough traction with the tires, it makes it hard to pass. And there wasn't a whole lot of passing, and it was not really all that exciting a race last year. Uh, the one thing is the forecast is a little bit cooler this year, so we'll see if things go a little bit better this season. There are some interesting storylines going into this race. I, You know, you don't want to sound like a shill for the Speedway, but you can really make a case all 33 drivers in this thing have a chance. I mean, James Hinchcliffe, who is a big name in IndyCar racing, is sitting in the back row, and he's got a car that goes 227. I mean, he's got a chance in this thing. Some storylines to keep an eye on. First of all, the whole front row is Chevy engines. Uh, Chevy has not always fared well at Indianapolis, but they're doing pretty well right now. And Simon Pagano is the pole sitter. Simon Pagano is a Roger Penske driver. There's no owner that has had more success at Indianapolis than Roger Penske. If you're looking for a, an Indiana guy to root for, Take Ed Carpenter. He is on the front row. He's been on the front row five of the last seven years. Wow. He's never won. He's from Indianapolis. I mean, how much would it mean to him to finally kiss the bricks, drink the milk, and take the checkered flag of the Indianapolis 500? So that's probably my guy. You know, I I think we all kind of find a guy that you want to root for yes. in the race. And that's that's my guy to root for. Um, we've talked a little bit about Simon Pagano on 
our morning show. Pagano is from France. He is the first French driver to have the pole at the Indy 500 since 1914. Uh, he is somebody to keep an eye on. And then it's the 50th anniversary of Mario Andretti winning the Indy 500. And everybody thought the Andretti family would become this dominant force in auto racing. And that is still the only Andretti win at the Indianapolis 500. So the question is, can that Andretti curse finally get lifted? Because there's another Andretti in the field. Uh, This time it's Marco. He is Mario's grandson. And can this be the year that the Andretti curse is lifted on the 50th anniversary of Mario Andretti's win at the Brickyard? So those are some of the storylines. I I will readily admit, Corey, I am not the biggest auto racing fan. I'm not the biggest Indy 500 fan. I've never been to the event in person. Sometime I'd like to go. Okay. However, I will tell you this. I love listening to the start of this race on the radio. I love hearing Back Home Again in Indiana from Jim Cornelison and the Purdue All-American Band. I love the way they describe things, and I love the way they pop between the towers to the different announcers as the race gets underway. They're by me in turn one, over to Jerry Baker in turn two. Here they come. And, you know, it's just fascinating how it they is. do it. It's a dance. It's a dance. And so... If Chuck just blew past you pretty quick, there are four towers, a tower each corner, two guys, Chuck, right? Two guys in each broadcast booth per corner, and they're just tossing it to each other because the the track is so huge, and each tower has a better look at who's coming and who's going. Right, and then there's, uh, then there's a crew in the center at the finish line that is the, the main anchor crew, but they... They pop to these, and then obviously these guys are keeping an eye on their turn throughout the entire race so that if they see a crash or something, they have a way of, of signaling the producer. I don't know if it's a button or a talkback or what, but they let the producer know, and they get it out to these people, and it is incredibly quick. It's, it's a very impressive radio broadcast. Didn't our production company have something to do with Jim Neighbors back in the day in the race, a filming of him singing uh, one of his songs. Was it a, a, a green screen? Did you ever hear the story? No, I didn't hear this. I, I know for years our, our shortwave down the hall mm-hmm. was the worldwide provider of the race. And unfortunately, not to get too technical with people, but there's a break in our shortwave curtain right now. Yes. And so we're not performing that function this year, hopefully by next year. But I'd never heard the story of us being involved with Jim Neighbors. Who lived in Hawaii. Right. As we have a TV station there. Okay. So instead of traveling to Indianapolis oh, to sing okay. his infamous song before he passed away. It's not infamous. You don't think so? I mean, he it, sang it for many years. I wouldn't call it infamous, though. It's glorious. Glorious? Yes. Okay. Uh, he sang it in front of a green screen in our Honolulu office. Oh, okay. And then they played it at the uh, the 500 for possibly a number of years. Yeah, because he had, he had been in ill health. Yeah. Um, I bet you Dino knows more about that. Now Jim Cornelison, the, the Blackhawks singer, yes. does it and does a great job. Um, 
In fact, that song, I sang that song at my son's wedding reception. You did. I did. And I sing it every time we're driving and re-enter the state of Indiana. I will sing Back Home Again in Indiana. Whole song or just the chorus? It depends. Uh-huh. Do you got a little chorus in you? Back home again in Indiana. And it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight still burning bright through the sycamores for me. The new moon. <laughs> Well, you've got a wedding coming up on June 29th. I'll just put that out there. Is Amish Acres ready for that? Uh, you know, if if I can get a if you give me the nod, I'll get you the mic. Oh, I don't think you want that. <laughs> well, I know I do. I don't know if others will. Exactly. Uh, you want to land on some prep scene stuff and we can call it an episode? Well, last night, great night for Penn High School. John Carroll's boys track team gets three individual championships. Kevin Crutch... In the high jump, Caleb Paquette, who's, or Caden Paquette, excuse me, who is headed to Bethel next year in the discus. And then they've got a little freshman runner. His name escapes me right now, but he won the 3,200. And the Kingsmen win the boys' track regional, uh, narrowly holding off Mishawaka. Great battle down in Kokomo last night. Meanwhile, on the girls' tennis scene, Penn edges St. Joe 3-2, and so the Kingsmen are headed to the tennis semi-state, as are Concord and Plymouth. So some great area representation at the semi-state level of the tournament for girls' tennis. Softball and baseball sectionals are ongoing. Three of the softball sectionals in the area had their championship games last night. The The big upset was New Prairie knocking off St. Joe. Derek Hicks' team wins by a count of 3-1. to one. They they did what Derek Hicks has been doing since he was a Little League coach at Chet Wagner Little League. They played small ball. They put the ball in play. They bunted. They made St. Joe make plays. And New Prairie got some great pitching from Gilpin. Carissa Gilpin, I believe, is her name. And uh, the Cougars win their first sectional since 2006. Lakeland gets a sectional championship. And the Satellites of South Central get a softball sectional championship. I saw their baseball team play the other day. We talked about satellites and dragons. Mm -hmm. In case you were wondering about that clash of the Titans, satellites beat dragons that day 14-4. to Hey, real quick, uh, did I see a fifth-year Stanford player is coming to play for Muffet? Yes. Marta Snezek is transferring to the Irish two-time Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year was kind of banged up with injuries last year during her senior year at Stanford. She is a graduate transfer, which means she can play right away. She'll only be with the Irish for one year. But given the problems that Notre Dame had on defense many times last season, not surprising that this is the kind of player Muffet McGraw is looking for. And I'm told by sources within the program they may not be done with the grad transfers yet. They may get one more. I'd like to offer that young lady up a nickname. Sneezer. Give me your name one more time. Marta Sneezek. The Sneezer. Okay. Boy, Chuck, tough crowd. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. I like it about as much as 90s music. The Sneezer. Oh, God. Dear <laughs> Lord. Dear. This has been... This has been tough, tough, tough. I wait till the last minute to look up. Here's what I do. Chuck will 
you can explain how you do it. I look up uh, what year we're about to do and then rock songs. I don't look up songs because Top 40 in the 90s is the worst in the history of music. Rock songs, I was leaning towards that, you know, rock alternative. Right. I did find one that I did like, but other than that, it's just horrendous music in the 90s. Horrendous. I I can't really argue with you. It's not like it's not like I'm going to hold up my song as a paragon of music. Believe me. Who knew we'd hear the word paragon today? Thank you. So I'm I'm glad I could bring that to the table. So what are you going with? There was a while there where Debbie and I were seeing him every other year. Really? Because he tours so much, he's kind of like our new Grateful Dead for our generation. But okay. we'd we'd either wait a year or wait for a new album, and he kind of slowed down on album releases. But, gosh, I haven't seen him probably in a decade now, but for a while there. My goodness. But I like Dave Matthews' band. What do you I, got for me? Let me tell you, 1998, one of the great summers... That was the year that Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were pounding out home runs and had that big home run chase. Where were you when Mark McGuire uh, did that? Do you remember watching it anywhere? Yeah, I was watching in my living room when he hit number 62 to pass Roger Maris. And uh, I was at the Hacienda in Elkhart. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great summer. I just remember every weekend... One of them would have a, a big home run game, and I'd be running these clips of either Joe Buck or Chip Carey calling the game and, and giving the home run call, or I think Bob Carpenter might have been the voice of the Cardinals for a while there and his calls. But uh, I just remember it, it was a very fun summer to follow baseball. Unfortunately, the music of the summer, as we have mentioned, is dreadful. The worst! Uh, but there was a, a kind of a one-hit wonder crew, at least in my mind, they're a one-hit wonder crew, called Semisonic. <laughs> I just listened to this song the other day. And uh, it's funny because I think the, the Tribune had a headline today in the business section. Oh, yeah, a restaurant in Goshen. Yeah. And what was it for that restaurant in Goshen, Corey? Closing time. How you doing, everybody? Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the Closing time. Turn on you are absolutely right. One hit wonder. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard the story behind this song? No. Think it's about a bar? That's what it sounds like to me. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Long story short, it's a giant metaphor from going from single and crazy to marriage and parenthood. Oh. Closing down the life that once was, you know, the last hurrah and like, all right, time to grow up. Kids are coming, you know. Kind of appropriate for both of us. Well, by that time, I had five kids, so. Really? Five in 98? Yeah, by 98, we had five. I had one. <laughs> one was enough until 2007. Oh, God. Hey, now, Sorry. don't you be talking about Caleb. Though. Let me ask you this as yeah. we end today's show. Uh, could you take a moment to speak into the possible veterans that might be listening? Well, Memorial Day is coming up, and 
it's in the 15th chapter of John that we're told that greater love has no man than to lay down his life for another. And that's what we celebrate on this Memorial Day weekend is those military men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice and died on the field of battle. Unfortunately, in this country, they've had to do it too many times. They had to do it to start this country, and they've had to do it many, many times since. Not always in what we would call just wars, but it does not diminish their service to the country and their fight worldwide to protect the freedoms, not only the freedoms that we enjoy here in the United States, but those who would like to enjoy freedoms in other parts of the world and are oppressed. And it doesn't just extend, obviously, to those people who have died, but to their families as well, who have had to suffer, who have had to go through these unspeakable tragedies of losing a loved one. So to all of them, we take time and honor them on this Memorial Day weekend. Yes, Memorial Day is viewed as the start of summer. It's thought of for barbecues and parades. But also take some time to visit a cemetery, to perhaps plant an American flag at the site of a loved one. I know my father served over in Korea in the Marines and no longer with us, and I will make sure that his cemetery area has an American flag at his spot because he deserves it, as do all these men and women who have served. Can you believe we are knocking on the door of episode 100? I know. Two away next week, because obviously we ain't with you on Monday. Nope. But Wednesday and then next Friday Wow, would be episode 100. And of course, then we'll have to figure out, uh, what do we do? <laughs> what, do what do we do? What's the theme? Ah, oh, you can download, you can subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, we appreciate you and listening. We get our numbers usually on Fridays to see how we did for the week, for the month. I'm looking forward to that. If you have ideas for what we should do when sure. we go into triple digits, please tell us because, well, we have none. The numbers say there are people listening. Not so much giving feedback, though. <laughs> well, we know that the Eric Kratz fan club gives feedback. Yes. We know that uh, Derek Lehman gives feedback. We appreciate his email. We know Jonathan Hampton uh, misses us when he's on the road. I don't know if he's been able to get Jimmy Arnett, John Walshevsky, some of the other great officials in our area. I know Ray Comer's not going to listen because he's 60 now and he's too old to do so. But we know that uh, these people are listening and they're deeply appreciated. You can always email us, thesportsyak with two Ks at gmail.com. Until next time, maniacs. Derek. Ooga looga. This is the Sports Yak Podcast. The following has been brought to you by Rabbit Wigs and the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You've been listening to Sports Yak. All sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.